Christmas, everybody. How you guys doing today? Come on, aren't you glad you came to church on Christmas Eve? I want to say welcome to all of you and thank you for joining us today, especially if you are a first-time guest with us in the room or online. My name is Mike Burnett. My wife Stephanie and I are honored to serve here as pastors of the church along with our whole team. And uh, we're excited about you being here with us for Christmas. We always see a lot of new faces at Christmas. If you would just take a moment, if you're in the room or watching online, scan that QR code with your phone or you can just touch that NFT sticker as well. It, it's designed for more than funny polls and videos. Uh, but it's actually a landing page for you to connect with the church and get some simple next steps for you as you uh, would join and, and become part of what we're doing here to serve our city and to, to follow Jesus. Uh, welcome again for being a part of our Christmas Eve services, everybody. I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, today, we have some really special moments planned for you. As we reflect on the amazing story that is Christmas, it's the arrival of Jesus Christ. It's the arrival of God, the Son, his long-anticipated arrival into our lives and into our world. So this weekend, we are joining churches all around the world in wrapping up the season of Advent. It's the first event on the Christian calendar is the time of Advent, waiting on the arrival of Jesus. Advent is part of the Christian church calendar where we, have, we focus on Christ's arrival, and with his arrival come God's hope. With his arrival comes God's peace. With his arrival comes God's joy to the world, and with Christ's arrival finally comes the full expression of God's love. These are the themes that we're celebrating and focusing with millions and millions of churches and literally over a billion Christians around the world. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Sometimes we take things for granted that we've experienced or we've enjoyed. Sometimes we take for granted the things that we've grown up hearing and knowing our whole lives. If you're already a follower of Jesus, then you've already experienced Christ and his salvation. You, you know the story of his coming into the world and you've already believed in the reality of hope, peace, joy, and love. But I want you to, in your mind, I, I want you to journey with me and imagine a world without Jesus. Imagine the world before Jesus Christ. Imagine the world without his presence, without Emmanuel, God with us. Imagine the world before that first Christmas, the night of his birth. That was actually the human experience before Jesus finally arrived. If you read your Old Testament, it's the story of a people trying to live for God under an old covenant. The old covenant was based on law and rules and ritual observations and according to Hebrews chapter eight in the book of Galatians, it was an imperfect means to change the hearts and lives of people. It was not meant to bring hope, peace, love, and joy. It was not meant to be the means by which lives are changed. The law was imperfect. I want you to think with me about the world before the night of Christmas, the first Christmas. The whole of humanity was desperately waiting for a savior, a Messiah, a king, God himself to show up. They were believing the promises prophesied by many prophets for hundreds of years, but the world was waiting for a very long time. In fact, the Bible tells us the world was waiting in the dark. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, prophesied hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. God, the Holy Spirit, inspires Isaiah the prophet to give us these words. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in a land of deep darkness, of them has light shown. I want you to understand what God is speaking through Isaiah. 
The people of the world are walking in deep darkness, but they need a great light. Imagine again the world in darkness. Hope has never entered in. Peace was a promise, but it not yet become a provision for us. Joy cannot even be fathomed because of the world in deep darkness. And the love of God so desperately needed had not been expressed to us fully in a way that would change us. The law, the old covenant, the old testament was not enough to change the world and not enough to change our hearts. Now there were glimpses of God's presence and God's provision working through a limited list of God's people, people like Moses and Aaron, Deborah, Elijah and Elisha, Jacob, Isaac, Rahab, Ruth, and a young king named David. But while they would serve as sneak peeks into God's coming kingdom, and because the world was still in deep darkness, something different had to happen. Christ would need to come. Imagine again a world before Jesus. Imagine with me a world in deep, deep darkness, chaos, longing for the coming of the light of the world. Isaiah chapter nine, two says, the people have walked in darkness, have seen a great light in a land of deep darkness. Four verses later, God begins to give us the promise of what's to come. In verse six, he says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government, not the national government, but the governing reign and rule and authority of all of heaven would be on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you know for a world in deep darkness in the time of the writing of Isaiah, those are some great things to look forward to. Verse seven says, of the increase of his government, his rule, his reign, and of the increase of his peace, there would be no end. But the world was still waiting. The world was waiting in deep darkness of every kind, waiting on a child to be born, on a son to be given. He would be Christ the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us.
come, Emmanuel. This is not just a pretty melody. Haley is always fantastic job. But this was the deep cry of a whole world of people who walk in darkness. It's the plea from the depths of a man's soul. Please, oh, please, God, would you come to us? If you're unfamiliar with the name Emmanuel, it's a popular boy's name with origins in the Hebrew language. It's one of the names given to Jesus at the time of his birth, not by his mom or his stepfather, but by the Lord himself. We read this title given to him in Matthew's gospel, chapter one, verse 23, but it's an original quote prophesied back again in Isaiah. If you remember in Isaiah nine, the people are walking in deep darkness, have seen a great light for Unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders. Well, two chapters earlier in Isaiah chapter seven, we see what that son will be born as. We see the plan of God in verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Here's the sign from God himself. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. How many of you know if a virgin gets pregnant, God better be involved with that? All the dads said amen. The sign of God is a virgin would be conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And for the audience to hear that name that day, they're hearing, and you shall call his name God with us. This is two chapters before we read Isaiah's prophecy that the people are in darkness and need a great light. In fact, before the pronouncement is made of the darkness of the world, there was actually a sign given of how the darkness would be eradicated. It's a virgin would conceive and bear a son and his name would be Emmanuel. The great light that's coming is this miracle baby born to a virgin and even though his street name would be Jesus, the son of Joseph, God's name for him would be Emmanuel. God with us. That's the literal meaning of that name, Emmanuel. God among us, God with us, God walking among us. So the coming of Jesus to the world was not just the birth of some other baby. The gospel we preach and believe reveals what we know with confidence that the arrival of Jesus was the arrival of God himself to come down to be with us. Matthew calls him God the very night of his birth. He was not just a baby born who became a God as some religions preach. For a world in deep darkness, God himself had to enter in to be that great light. So God showed up in a borrowed barnyard delivery room. God was the one, the king of the universe was laid in a filthy feeding trough we call a manger. God, the light of the world, entered into our darkness and chose to live and walk and be with us. And God himself became that bright light in our dark world. Ladies and gentlemen, hope has arrived. Peace has now prevailed. Joy has come and love is here. Glory in the highest and peace on earth. Tis the season we celebrate our Savior because he brought us hope through his birth. What once was created in perfect harmony had now become tainted because of sin. We were no longer free. But God set in motion a story way too big for Hallmark. Sent his son to make a purchase, but he didn't go to Walmart. 
people desperately waiting for the day of his return, awaiting a mighty savior in the clouds with swords that burned. But it's not what we expected, how a king would come to be amongst us a child. Oh no, you gotta be kidding me. Born in a manger? This is not royalty. Is this the king we've waited on? Or is this a total stranger? season we celebrate our savior because he brought us hope through his birth Emmanuel God is with us we're not alone for God so loved the world that he sent to us his son a king named Jesus People who walked in darkness have now seen a great light. Joy to the world, everybody. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Christmas is all about Jesus. Say it with me. Christmas is all about Jesus. If you don't know, if you don't already have a yard sign, Grab one before you leave, maybe today if we have a few extra. Don't steal them from a neighbor, by the way. We did have a lady confess that earlier. She told her husband to pull over and grab one. He said, babe, that's not ours. But how do you get mad at someone for stealing a Jesus sign? I don't know. Don't do that. If you do, tell them you're from another church, that's all. Those signs were a campaign designed by a pastor in town years ago, and his son's a part of our church now. As he's gone on to be with Jesus, his son's here, and so we've been able to help get those out. But I want you to think about what we confess. Christmas is all about Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But take a moment and think of that first night of Christmas. Think of the other characters that were present in that story. Luke chapter two in your Bible talks about shepherds abiding in a field. They're a part of the story. An angel makes an announcement to this group of shepherds. Then we have others in the story like the innkeeper who refused to let Joseph and Mary stay in his hotel, offering instead to let this young pregnant mother sleep in a barn outside. I wonder if that guy read the paper later that week and saw what happened in his stables. 
Anybody else ever not let God have room in your life and then feel stupid about it later? We'll preach that in January. (laughs) So we have the shepherds, we have the innkeeper, we have Joseph, the surrogate father, the stepdad technically, but the good-hearted soon-to-be husband of Jesus' mother, Mary. Can you imagine being Joseph and knowing that you've been tasked to raise the son of God? You have to teach the creator of the universe how to walk and how to run, how to teach, how to speak respectfully to his mother. You gotta have the talk about girls with Jesus. How do you have a purity talk with the one who's totally, anyway, whatever, (laughs) pure. Well, most of all, there's Mary. And who can imagine what she was going through that night? She was called upon by God to help change the world. The scripture says that an angel appeared to her and recognized her as a woman highly favored among God to carry the son of God. That night of her delivery, she was not with her mother, a group of sisters or lady cousins in a really bougie delivery room. She was rather laboring in a borrowed barn to deliver the one God promised in Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and all authority and governance would be upon his shoulders, and of his peace there would be no end. This baby would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and he's being born here? Without my family around? His rule and reign would have no end, but his beginning seemed very humble and hard. But Mary didn't care about the titles given to Jesus in that moment. She wasn't quoting Isaiah chapters seven or nine. She's a mama and this is her baby, her first baby, in fact. She doesn't care what God called this boy. She cares what she's gonna call him. She she cares about delivering this baby safely and gathering him close to her and nursing him for the first time and smelling his newborn skin, cuddling with her son. What an amazing night for Jesus, but what an amazing night for Mary. But I wonder just how long it took for that whole scene to sink in for her. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy would come to make you new and this child that you delivered would soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man
in darkness and have seen a great light. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the angel said. He is wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God, our everlasting Father. He is our Prince of Peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Advent is all about the highly anticipated arrival of Jesus Christ the Lord, God with us. Listen, he's Lord over all and he's Lord over us. Can I hear an amen from the church today? The world had waited centuries for his arrival. Hundreds of years before his birth, he prophesied, God prophesied through Isaiah, but centuries before that, God said this was gonna happen. In fact, if you go to the very beginning book of your Bible, Genesis chapter three, we see the story of Adam and Eve falling into sin tragic story. It's where all of the pain of this world actually comes from. The darkness that we were in is a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. But as soon as mankind fell into sin, we see the plan of God announced to humanity by God right then in Genesis 3. In verse 15, God makes an announcement that through the seed of this woman, Eve, ultimately would come Jesus, who would come to crush the head of the devil, the power of sin and death over all of us. That promise was actually made very early on in your Bible, that this night of Christmas would come. A few thousand years before Jesus came, God said it was gonna happen. But way before the Garden of Eden, way before the creation of the planet, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1, in John 17, in 1 Peter chapter 1, that before the foundation of the world was set, God had this plan that the Son would come to ransom us, to save us, to set us back as his own people, his own special possession. How many of you know the, the human race knew for centuries, but the heavenly race knew for millennia that God was going to come to us? And that big night on that first Christmas, God comes to us in the humblest way possible. He comes at night in a borrowed barn, laid in a filthy feeding trough, born to a young, single, unwed mother with no palace guards, no high court officials. But heaven had been waiting for millennia for this night to happen. 
In fact, we see a glimpse of that in Luke chapter two, the angels erupting. The angel speaks first to the shepherds and he says, born to you this night in the city of David is is a savior who is Christ the Lord. And then it says in verse 13, suddenly there was with that single angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Can you imagine the eruption of the heavens for millennia, for eternity past, they had been known knowing this night was gonna come and finally it was here. All the promises God made were coming true and beginning to happen and God himself would enter into great darkness and the angels would be screaming their guts out to give glory to God. In the Latin, it's gloria in excelsis Deo, celebrating all that God has done. Church, the glory of God has come to God's creation. Advent is here, God has come. Come on, let's celebrate everybody. said 
the world was living in gross darkness and the light of the world had entered in. The hope of the world, the peace of God and the God of peace has come to us. The joy that our world desired and the love of God has come to us finally and forever. But what's interesting about that night, it didn't happen in 2023. It wasn't live streamed on Instagram or TikTok. Mary didn't grab her phone and go, I'm having a baby. <laughs> okay, okay. You're like, that didn't happen. Is that too far? <laughs> a little weird. Check out Joseph, my boo. <laughs> Thank you. It's the best reaction to that joke all weekend. It also didn't happen in 1989 and show up on headline news with Tom Brokaw. It didn't happen in every barnyard, in every manger, in every village across the world. It happened in one place. It happened on one night. And listen, it happened once for everyone. The arrival of God, the birth of Jesus, the advent of God's arrival happened honestly in almost obscurity. I mean, there was, a, there was a cast of characters present that night. There was an angel and then a multitude singing for a little bit. They sounded like Jure and, and Brian. Man, that song is tough. They did a great job. Joseph and Mary and some animals, but otherwise, it was an obscure night. It was an unassuming night, an otherwise uneventful evening. Imagine being three doors down from that barn and not even knowing, one, that somebody had a baby out there, and two, who that baby was. The most life-altering birth the world has ever known, the birth of this world's savior, the birth of God forever with us didn't have a huge announcement. The total planet, the whole planet did not get absorbed in this light and this announcement go across broadband spectrum all over the world. There was no pomp or circumstance, no, no, no local authorities or the religious elite. Those announcements are ours to make. The proclamation that Christ has come is ours to proclaim. We are the branding of this great story. We are the messaging. But that night, other than a few special characters and a brief announcement by an angel, it was actually a long, hard, silent night. It's actually the idea of this song, that Jesus didn't arrive into the world with worldwide attention. Jesus came humbly, unassuming, the king of the universe, the God of all creation, arrived without assertion or force. Christ has come with all the power of God, all of the authority of God, without forcing any of it on any of us. Jesus entered the world silently. Every year at Christmas, we have a tradition as a church. We stand together and we sing about that silent night. Would you join me on your feet as Stephanie and I lead us and their ushers will be walking around to help light our candles. Once yours is lit, please pass the light to your neighbor. Front row here, I'll share it with you. I have a Zippo to light my, I've had a lot of comments about this. Please pass your light to your neighbors. 
It's actually part of the imagery that we're, we're after is how our light is to shine and to be shared. That night in a borrowed barnyard, Mary and Joseph labored. We don't know how long and how hard and heavy that labor was. We don't know if Joseph was a good, if he did a good job in the labor and delivery room. But we do know that Christ has come into the world. And not a lot of people knew about it in that moment. In fact, it would be years before his fame would begin to spread. That's part of our job is to carry the light of the world, to tell his message. But let's reflect for a moment on that silent night. Come on, let's sing together. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child. person let's sing it in parts come on silent oh that's pretty have a seat. Hold it for a moment and uh, we'll gather those as you walk out. Hey, while you're seating, can we just say thank you to Pastor Elmer, our production and events team, and all of our hosts and dream teamers that are serving us for this great, great service. Silent Night has become a tradition for our church for many years where we do candlelight. By the way, thank you for not catching anyone's hair on fire in front of you. That did happen one year. That was not fun. That's what happened to Jeray. It's all, that's where it went. Full head of glorious hair prior to that night. <laughs> now listen, what, what makes this a silent night, think about this, was that even though the world needed his arrival because the world was walking in gross darkness, even though the world needed his arrival, the world didn't know about him yet. He invites you and me to make that announcement for him. He invites us to tell the whole world about his coming and not only about his birth as a baby, but, but to tell about his wonderful life, his ministry, his miracles, his teachings on how to live in the kingdom of God, his, uh, his subsequent death for the sins of the world, 
His burial in a borrowed tomb and his resurrection from the grave, resurrected as king of all kings, Lord of all lords. There's a full picture to this story. It's not just Christmas is about a baby. It's about the life that baby would come to live on our behalf, dying for our sins, giving us new life, repairing what God promised in Genesis 3, crushing the head of the serpent and giving us new life. God is inviting us to tell that story and God is inviting us again tonight to receive this story. Recently, a missionary friend of mine sent out a devotional to a lot of the supporting churches that she's in relationship with, Mary Beth King, who we supported for a while. She sent me an email with this very interesting picture attached and I wanted to show you this photo. She took this picture at a surplus store in Missouri and it immediately captured my attention. It's a discounted nativity set. Now I'm a bargain shopper, I appreciate a sale. But this is at $9, I was curious why it was so cheap. The stable is made from wood, it's got the gold star, it's got a shepherd, it's got Mary on the far right, couple sheep that are lowing. And notice it says in Sharpie across the top, missing one piece. Which piece is missing everyone? Okay, who's gonna buy a discount nativity set missing Jesus? Now I understand if a sheep's missing or if the, the shepherd's crook is out, I may put a, a safety pin in there or something, you know, to improvise. But a nativity set without Jesus is a worthless nativity set. I find it incredibly ironic that the sign says missing one piece and it's the one that the thing is all about. Somebody said in one of their services earlier, he's from New Orleans like me, and he goes, you know, we could put a baby from a king cake in that nativity set. I said, that's brilliant, you're onto something. Honestly, there's no point in celebrating Christmas at all. Listen to me, guys. Because we've, we've secularized Christmas so much. We've commercialized it and we've made it a part of our cultural celebration, but there's really no point in celebrating Christmas at all if we don't fully embrace Jesus at the center of it, as Lord of our lives, as the centerpiece of the story, not just baby Jesus, but the life of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, because Christmas is all about Jesus. But unfortunately, this tends to be the case for Christmas celebrations all around the world. I actually think this photo is prophetic to really speak into the, the culture we live in. And listen, church, this can very easily be a prophecy to each of us. Think about it. We have our biggest parties of the year at Christmas. We have our biggest meals and invite all of our family at Christmas. We spend the biggest dollars on gifts at Christmas. And we all have our traditions that we enjoy, right? Like, like funny gift exchanges or walking by the river in Clarksville to see the Christmas lights, singing our favorite songs, even a tradition of going to Life Point and singing Silent Night with candles. We have our traditions. Christmas is full of Santa and fake snow and mistletoe and eggnog, gross, Hallmark movies. And Christmas songs by our favorite artists like Michael Buble, come on somebody. But without Jesus, without that missing piece, it's a totally meaningless holiday. And I need you to hear me when I say this. Without Jesus, you are still a people walking in darkness. You've not received the great light 
And listen, we, we talked about it all through this service that, that prior to the night of his birth was a whole world of people in gross darkness. Can I tell you that today we have a whole world full of people still walking in gross darkness. Why? Because we will celebrate this holiday of Christmas without Jesus as Lord of our hearts and Lord of our lives and the center of our world. And we too can continue to walk in gross darkness if we don't receive Jesus. The greatest gift you will receive this Christmas is not a Lexus in the front yard. Fellas, you did good. The greatest gift is not a new watch. Greatest gift is not a new toy. The greatest gift you'll receive is this gift of Jesus. And if you've not received it, you are still walking in gross darkness. You have no hope. You have no peace. You have no love. You have no joy. You may have a picture of what those could be, but without Christ, you don't have it. And not only am I asking you tonight, today to receive the greatest gift God's ever given, but I'm also asking you to give your greatest gift, which is your life in total devotion to him. This is the best gift exchange we'll have this Christmas, that you and I receive the gift of Jesus and that we give our lives completely back to him. Lord, I'm all in, I belong to you. I don't have it all figured out. I'm an imperfect package, God, but you can have me completely. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, everybody? Because otherwise, Christmas without Jesus leaves us still as a people walking in gross darkness. I wanna remind you how Jesus came into the world, humbly, silently, unassuming. All of the anointing and power of God rests upon him, but he never forced it on us. And that's still the way he comes to us now. I believe the Lord's as present with us now as he was 2,000 years ago in a stable. And he still has all the power and authority of God and he will not force it on you. He simply invites you to receive it. He gives us an, an illustration of what that looks like in Revelation when he goes, hey, I'm just knocking on the door. It's the door of your life, the door of your heart, the door of your family. And he says, if you'll open the door and let me in, I'll come in. Tonight, I want you, today, I want you to receive the greatest gift ever given. I want you to all make sure that you've walked out of a life of great darkness and into his glorious light. And it only happens by the gift exchange. You receive Christ and you gift your life back to him. You and I have this amazing opportunity. As we celebrate Jesus at Christmas, we celebrate this gift exchange, this commitment of our lives to the Lordship of Christ in every possible way to know God, to surrender to Jesus, to commit to him as Lord of all. Would you join me in prayer as we close out our service time together? Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you for this great gift of Jesus Christ that has come to us as a promise. Millennia of angels have waited on this promise to be given. Centuries of humans have waited on this promise to be given. And now Lord, we receive the promise of Jesus given to us again given first that night of Christmas with Mary, the delivering mother and the angels and shepherds and Joseph. But Lord, today at LifePoint Church and joining online around the world, we receive again, Emmanuel, God with us. We receive it by faith. We receive this gift of God's presence in our hearts, in our lives forever in Jesus' name. And we respond by giving our lives back to you. Would you pray this with me? Come on, everyone, we're gonna reconfess or if this is the first time you've given your life to Jesus, this prayer is especially for you. Would you pray with me? Say, God, I believe what I've heard. I believe in the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ, the King of the world, 
the Lord of all lords who came to this world to give me eternal life. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he died on a cross for me and raised from the dead to give me eternal life and eternal living. Say, I receive it by faith. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord now and forever. Now pray this and mean it. Say, God, I give you my life. Say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all yours to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm all in. Amen.